Coming live on Never Had It So Good Sports Radio. A new day brings new topics. Our sports talk brings extensive debate and analysis by the host, expert contributors, and callers. We discuss it all. Join us weekdays at 6 p.m. and 7 p.m. on Never Had It So Good Sports Radio. Hello, hello, beautiful people. It is a beautiful Thursday. Welcome to She Knows Sports with myself, Brittany Jones, alongside Princess Cooper, right here on Never Had It So Good Sports Radio. Hi, Miss Princess. How are you today? Brittany, I'm good. I'm excited about today. How are you? I am doing fantastic. Um, it's so sad football season is over, but it is okay because the off season <laughs> has begun. It is a little cold here on this East Coast. I can't wait for the spring to arrive, but it's okay. It's time for us to get ready to talk sports. That's a lot right there, Brittany. You know what? The weather wasn't bad here, but it's still uh, a little chilly. Um, And I used to be sad when the football season was over, but spring games for college is next month. You know, that's almost here. The combine is in three weeks. Um, we put in some credential requests for that. Um, keep our fingers crossed because we should hear something here um, by tomorrow for sure. And then, you know, it's March Madness, and then we get ready for the NFL draft. So I don't get as sad as I used to get um, for sure. But we got a lot of sports to talk about tonight. Um, some of that is about life, Brittany. So you want to introduce our guest tonight too? Yes, yes. We have a special guest who's a part of our family, uh, still fairly new. He's also, unfortunately, a Cowboys fan from Philadelphia. <laughs> I'm going to put it out there. I am. I'm going to put it out there oh, how man. I introduce him. But, yes, please welcome our brother, Thomas Epps, from Crossroads, where life and sports intersect. It comes on, correct me if I'm wrong, guys, comes on every Saturday? Friday. 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 My Friday. 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 But <laughs> well, welcome to the show I appreciate you for coming on And yeah, we'll, we'll continue to discuss that Cowboys Philadelphia thing later um, Yeah, yeah. Um, well, <laughs> But you guys ready to talk some sports today? Absolutely. Let's do it, let's do it Let's go Let's do it Alright guys, I want to start off the show Um and it's unfortunately, it's also sad, but we have to talk about it. And it's about the Kansas City Chiefs parade um, yesterday. It was unfortunate because they did have a shooting where one person did pass away, and I believe at least 20 other people were um, wounded as well. Um, I just want to get your thoughts on this, on this horrific event as such as supposed to be happy and enjoyous occasion for the city or for the, uh, for, for the Chiefs and their fan base. But, uh, Thomas, yeah. I'll come to you first. What's your thoughts on this whole situation? Well, this situation brings out a lot of emotion. Um, I'm, I'm saddened, and I heard some comments that were made when, when um, they inter- interviewing a spectator. They said that, no, this is not Kansas City behavior. And to myself, I'm saying, yes, it is. It's America. And it just saddens me that in a place where you should be able to let your guard down and enjoy yourself, you know, family environment, you have to be you have to be on the lookout for a terrorist now. 
I am more shocked that the media not calling not calling this what it is. This is terrorism. The number one threat to the United States is domestic terrorism, not foreign terrorism. And when now you have to start changing protocols within um, situations like this, it's an act of terror. Call it out as such, and we so everyone can deal with it, and and we can kind of make better safety measures for our politicians that are out there, and they're still against gun control. Shame on you. Because it doesn't matter if it's inner city kids, suburban kids, rural kids, wherever. You're not making the necessary, um, you're not making the necessary, the necessary calls or putting the necessary bills in place to protect people. So yeah, I, I know that it's an argument that gets very complex, but to me it's simple. You got to be, be on the side of humanity, doing what's right in our changing, in our changing times. So, once again, you know, I'm, I'm saddened by this, but I was mm-hmm. glad to see one of the suspects was actually tackled by two bystanders mm-hmm. and, and, was mm-hmm. held, and was held down until police arrived. So I was glad to, I was glad to see that because so many times people see things going on and everyone turns their back like, hey, I ain't see nothing. I'm not getting involved. So I was glad to see that, you know, the great assist by those two um, Great goers, but it's a sad day um, in America, and this type of, type of stuff just keeps happening. It just happened um, last week in Houston, Joel Olstein's church, and mm-hmm. it's happening so much now. You see it in the headlines. I believe that we were coming jaded to it, you know. So, yeah. um, you know, I'm at a, once again, I'm at a loss, and I'm deeply saddened for everyone um, in Kansas City and and the rest of the country, because we all are um, are in mourning over this. Yeah, it's such a sad situation because it's supposed to be, like I said earlier, in a joyous occasion. You know, everybody's supposed to be happy, joyful, cheering. Um, Kids are supposed to be excited. Um, But you have people running for their lives, little babies running for their lives, trying to keep up with their parents. You know, especially our kids should never have to worry about anything like this. You should... We should, like you said earlier, feel safe in our own homes, our home areas. Um, I don't ever remember a time. I'm, I'm 33, guys, and I don't remember a time where this is not something I didn't have to worry about. You know, when I was younger, we had, um, a, a, I think, the combine. Not, is that, am I saying the school right? This, I was at school yeah. many, many years ago. I think it's combine. Columbine. 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 You know, Colorado. and I'm right, and I'm I'm just a, a little kid when this happens. So, and every so many years or every year, something has happened all the way up until my age of thirty. So I was never alive when there was a time where this did not happen, which is sad. This is not something we should be getting used to. This is not something that should be the norm, and it's starting to feel like this is something that is becoming the norm, and that's a major problem. Um, I know this is a show that we talk sports, but like Thomas' show is, you know, sports and it intersects with life and things like that. It's the truth, you know. This impacts us every single day. We love sports, but it's unfortunate that this type of stuff can take away our joy and our excitement for a lot of things. And I agree 
with these comments. These politicians, they got to do something. They're sitting here fighting for fighting against each other for unnecessary stuff. You should be trying to fight these gun laws and trying to figure this stuff out. Um, make it harder for people to get guns. Whatever you need to do, this should not be happening whatsoever. It's sad. It's unfortunate. And we as people have to somehow come together um, and and get these guns off the street. And that's why I always tell people, you can't just vote for your presidential elections. That doesn't really do much. It's important to vote. Go out and vote. Go make sure you use your mm-hmm. vote. But vote for every level. You got to vote for your local mayors. Vote for your school boards. That is what really impacts these bigger elections. Um, but, Princess, your thoughts on this? You know, I, I agree with both of you. And, and um, it, it just made me sick. As a matter of fact, I found the the link to watch the, the parade live and started watching it about 20 minutes before it started and, and got, you know, a chance to see them get loaded on the buses and all of that. Um, but after they got to the stage part and they all came up, I, I, I had to, um, to veer away from that because I was in the middle of something. So, but there are a couple of things here. And that is thank you to those who chased down one of those those shooters and um and, and had some, you know, some civil action. Thank you for that. But eleven children were shot yesterday. Eleven children were shot. And the police said kept saying and the hospitals kept saying more groups of people are coming in. So it went from nine, it went to ten, it went to fifteen, it ended at twenty two, you know, um, that were shot, one that was killed. And and that's just a shame. And we get, I, I don't know what's wrong with our legislators with us, but we've got to do something about the lax gun laws. And as a matter of fact, there in Kansas City, they have some of the more lax gun laws where open carry is okay. Um, and I don't know if this was planned or not, but, you know, here we are at this point, and we can't even enjoy the Super Bowl and congratulate the winners and have a parade. I saw so many different films and tapes and um, where the parents were dragging their kids and running with them, holding on to the back of their coats and just trying to get them out of harm's way or forcing them to lay down um, in, in different places. So um, I, we, we've got to do better. We've got to do better. My condolences um, to the victim that was killed and then, um, you know, I'm praying for all of the families and everybody that experienced some horror yesterday because you got to think there was some horror going on for sure. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and I also want to shout out the Chiefs players um, because there were Chiefs players, Chiefs Chiefs players who were still around um, during the mass shooting, and they were uh, comforting kids, you know, making yeah. sure that they were mm-hmm. okay during this time. So. I do have to shout them Classic. out, and absolutely, and um, you know, and Princess, like you said, just keep these families and, and your thoughts and your prayers, um, and hopefully things will start to change. At least I hope, because I'm tired of this being the norm. Every year, multiple times a year, um, just keeps going on and on and on. So, and pray for these kids who have never experienced this for the. In this, in their entire lives, who knows what type of therapy they're going to have to go through, um, just to try to be able to handle the emotions from this. So, like you said, yeah. these are young children. Yeah. Who, you know, they're scared out of their minds. 
So, um, but let's keep these families and these players and so forth um, and the victims um, just in our prayers and in our thoughts. Ricky, right, you're, you're, only, you're the only person I've heard in media that talks about the back end, you know, therapy. We never think about that, you know, the trauma, mm-hmm. of, of, you know, that the victims are going to face. You know, maybe it's they're scared to be in crowds or they right. hear a firecracker or something and, and they go jump, run, and hide. It's almost like, mm-hmm. um, you know, PTSD, you know, when someone is living in a, um, a gang-infested neighborhood or or coming home from war with incidents like this. Yes, and it's important. Um, you know, I was in a riot, <laughs> unfortunately, in my hometown, Philadelphia, and this is why to this day I don't like large crowds. So, hey, um, hey, which one? Uh, it was it was a it was a like a little Easter Day uh, carnival situation, um, you know, and everybody downtown? just went crazy. No, it was it wasn't downtown. I I can't remember exactly where it was. It was in North Philadelphia. Um, okay. And <laughs> but oh, wow. you know, and just the feeling that I got and the nervousness that I I I felt. Um, and now, and then when I got a little older, I was going to, you know, maybe a club and I just started feeling uncomfortable because there was just so many people around. I didn't know what would go, what was going to happen in that situation. It took me a time, a, a while to get over that. I still don't like crowds, large crowds. So for specifically kids in this moment, I could kind of understand what they could be going through. And they are a lot younger. A lot of them are a lot younger than I was, you know, and as well as adults and older people. So we all have things that we go through. Um, right. And it's okay to reach out to someone to talk to, you know, to try to help us through things like this, um, which I think is very, very important. So for parents out there, if not sure what to do, reach out to a therapist for your children or yourself um, and just get the necessary help. So, um I think it's important. But all right, guys, we're going to um, move on to the next topic, and we have to talk about the Super Bowl. Um, I know we started the show off on that, so we're going to change things here and talk about the Super Bowl and just do a little Super Bowl breakdown. Um, I know, we all know, uh, that the Kansas City Chiefs beat the 49ers 25-22 to in overtime. That was the first overtime, Super Bowl overtime in truth. Many, many years. That's what I'm going to say, because I don't remember the last time there was an overtime uh, uh, that occurred in the Super Bowl. But I just want to get your thoughts on the game, and then I'll probably ask a little bit more questions pertaining to specific players. But, uh, Princess, I'm going to come to you first. What were your thoughts on this game? Well, my first thought is, is that um, I picked the 49ers and the Kansas City Chiefs, and then I picked the <laughs> Kansas City Chiefs to win. <laughs> <laughs> um, and a lot of people, yes, even did. me in my mind, um, I kind of waffle back and forth um, on certain things, but I never waffle back and forth on Patrick Mahomes, and I think it played out that way. Um, there were some key moments in the game. I thought the muff punt was was, was a key moment um, and maybe a, a, a little bit of a turnaround. I also thought linebacker Greenlaw tearing his, his Achilles coming out for a defensive series. Um, I thought that was key, um, an important part of uh, the 49ers. I also thought the 49ers dominated the, the, the first half, um, but it was 10-3, and I said to myself, that's not enough. That's not enough. 
And maybe if it was 27 to 3, I don't even know if that had been enough because I knew the Kansas City Chiefs were going to figure this out and that there's a lot of dog in Patrick Mahomes and he was going to, to bring it home. So um, the second half played out. I can say this, and I've said it all week on radio, is that I didn't understand the overtime rules. And when I say that, when it got to be that last drive right before the last play that they call corn dog, um, with six seconds to go, I was surprised that no one was calling a timeout. I didn't know until Tony Romo said it that, you know, this is considered this is like the first quarter of, of overtime and we're going to keep going um, until both teams has had a series that's exhausted or done whatever it's going to do. The next play, play was a touchdown. Okay, now game over. But um, very entertaining and um, I, I just thought that Patrick Mahomes would be the difference. Um, if you're concerned about Brock Purdy, I think he's an excellent quarterback um, and, and he's going to do big things. I thought that uh, Spagnola in Kansas City shut down um, San Francisco a little bit in the in the second half, and that was enough for, for the Chiefs to get their footing, for sure. Yeah, the Kansas, <laughs> Kansas City, they were struggling that first half, and the 49ers just could not put them away. Boy, that was a big issue. That was a major issue. But before I go, Thomas, I just want to get your thoughts on what you've seen during the Super Bowl. Well, first, I'd like to give a big shout-out to Steve Wilkes. Uh, right now, mm-hmm. he's being made the scapegoat. And for a defense to hold a high-powered offense to only 15 points, um, there were a lot of keys that, 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 swung, that, that swung that game. So, you got to give uh, Kansas City um, its props and the coaching, the coaching staff, Steve Spagnuolo calling up key blitzes um, at at the right time, Patrick McCombs running running the option, going for the first down um, toward towards the end. You know, um, Princess, you know, you were absolutely right, um, and I was going for the 49ers because I felt that the 49ers was the better team on paper, and I was just looking at the way the 49ers were able to overcome um, all the adversity um, with the Packers and the Lions. They looked like a team on a mission. It kind of reminded me of the, the Eagles. But I, but I thought there was enough in the tank for them to get the job done. And it just goes to show you um, the better team doesn't always, 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 always win. So um, it was just a well, a well-played game. I I was uh, really inter- I was really entertained, but I was surprised that Kyle Shanahan did not know um, the rules. You know, being a head coach, and with a with a team teams that are so closely matched, you you have to think about this in your preparation that the overtime rules have changed, and they're sort of similar to uh, to college football rules, except the ball. You know, you you got to play a full length of the field instead of ball being placed on on the twenty on the twenty five. So, if a team kicks a field goal, the other team can either come down and tie it, and you go into another overtime, or with a touchdown, it's over. So, you know, I I find that negligence that players didn't know and coaches didn't know. You know, the, the playoff the playoff rules with that. But I do think this is one of the best Super Bowls um, played, period. 
you know, one more point, you know, Christian McCaffrey fumbling. When he, when he did that, I, I, that was a sign to me that the 49ers was going to lose because he never fumbles. Yeah, um, that, that fumble was, was a tough one. Um, it, it's so crazy because at the beginning of this game, the 49ers were, my goodness, the offensive, defensive line, they were just pushing the Chiefs around. You know, there was nothing that the Chiefs in the trenches could do, and that impacted right. both sides of the football for the Chiefs. Um, but I think once the Chiefs realized they were only down seven points going into that halftime, I knew that's when – I felt like that's when they knew, oh, yeah, we can win this thing. We can really win this game. Um, and I felt like the 49ers and me had felt they were in a little bit of trouble um, they may tell us they may they didn't feel that way, but I wouldn't believe that anyway. Because if you had the opportunity to put your foot down their throats, you know, and score a lot more points than what they did, so they missed out on a lot of opportunities. You're going against Patrick Mahomes. You know, this is top dog in the league, best quarterback in the league. Um, you can't play around with this. Like you just cannot play around with this. The defense did what they were supposed to do. I felt like Kyle Shanahan on the offense could have did a lot more. Absolutely could have did a lot more. Um, I do have to give the Chiefs credit, their defense credit. Boy, is that, like you said, that defense is incredible. Trent McDuffie and LeJarrius Sneed and that secondary. Yes. You got, they you locked down. Two, yeah, two major lockdown corners that did not allow uh, Debo Samuel, you know, this high-paying <laughs> – supposed to be top-tier wide receiver, um, he had 11 targets, only three catches for 33 yards. you got to do a lot more than that, especially when you got Patrick Absolutely. Mahomes on the other side. Um, George Kittle, I think they held him to one or two catches max. Um, Brandon Ayuk, I think, was held to only three catches. Um, like you said earlier, CMC got a fumble, uh, which he never fumbles, so – um, and they were putting some pressure, more towards in the second half than the first half. They was putting a little bit more pressure on Brock Purdy, and that was causing some issues. They noticed that yeah, they, they was – Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say they forced him off his spot, and then, and then they didn't yeah. leave running lanes for him to run. So it almost falls right. into uh, what I was saying about him um, last. That if you can stop what he does well, you, you can you can you can beat him. And I thought – and I wish we talked about that principle. I thought that we were going to see, you know, he he's a game manager, but he's a high level game manager. There's levels to it, and mm-hmm. it, 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 and it shows. But he's a great quarterback, no no doubt about it. Yes, um, I, I do think he's a great quarterback. But I think the Chiefs did what they wanted to do in that second half, and I felt like the whole game plan was to throw that timing off for Brock Purdy, um, right. and that's exactly what they yeah. were able to do. And that threw him off a little bit. But as far as Brock Purdy being a quarterback, he has some development to do. He needs to do in this offseason. But he has shown a lot. And I love how calm he is in big-time moments. He doesn't allow that moment to to, to overwhelm him, um, which I think is huge. And that's huge going forward. So, um, But I was with you, Princess. You know, I – I went with the 49ers, and I went back with the Chiefs, and I went back with the 49ers, and then I think I ended it off with the Chiefs. Um, but once they got yeah. to overtime, that's the moment I knew 
Patrick Mahomes was going to take this and win it. Yeah. And I kind of thought it too, again, Brittany, when we got into overtime and the 49ers only scored a field goal. I said, okay, so now the, 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 and the Chiefs got the ball in overtime at 6.48 or 7.48, you know, in, in, in time left, seven minutes and some change or just barely. And, and um, Patrick Mahomes was eight for eight in passing um, on, on that drive, eight for eight. And then he ran the ball two or three times and sold some third down. Yeah. When it was third, it was fourth and one. And I thought, okay, what are they going to do? He ran it for like 10 yards. He was the difference. Yeah, it was a run pass option. It was an RPO. And and it was – but he wasn't going to – you're right, it was an option because he wasn't going to pass it at all. He was – they put the ball in the best player um, hands on the field. And I thought he was the difference maker. And that's all I said is that I don't have any magic for this because on paper the 49ers – look better, but um, the guy that I know can take a game over and put you on your back is Patrick Mahomes, and I'm not going to bet against him. I, I got enough for doing that with Tom Brady, and he made me sick every time he proved me wrong. <laughs> I wasn't going to do that with, with Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> well, except for the one year he didn't prove me wrong because the Eagles won, so I was kind of happy yeah. about that. But, I mean, that was years ago. That's in the past. Oh, so. Lord, here uh, we go. Here we go. <laughs> it was well, in the past. I, 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 Seven years ago. That's a long way back. Taylor Swift up in the box. That's why I kind of went against the Chiefs. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they sold her more than – I think it was more than – it was a, it was a lot of times. It was at least eighteen, nineteen times they kept showing her, and I didn't understand no, why. Fifty five seconds. It, it, Just fifty five seconds. Was, it was though. It showed it showed her twenty seven times. Wow. Yeah, that's 20, wow. That's and they were showing I, they were showing was name, Ice Ice Spice. They were showing her too. Like, like who are these yeah. people to be showing them all these times? I want to see them. <laughs> but I don't know if everybody in the world was watching the Super Bowl or if those Swifties came out to watch the Super Bowl because I believe the Super Bowl had the most numbers, the most views yeah. in the history of yeah. all Super Bowls. I feel like Taylor Swift uh-huh. had something to do with that. So I wouldn't be surprised if she's either the halftime performer next year or if they're going to keep inviting her back to every Super Bowl for those uh, for those views. Um, uh, over no. 123 million, Brittany. I'm, I apologize for inter- interrupting. Over 123 million watched. Um, you know, and the skyboxes. I think I said this with with Thomas last Saturday. We did a little pregame, pre Super Bowl show. 1.8 million per skybox. So um, wow. she was in the skybox with the with the Kelseys, but her mom and dad and brother were there too. So the whole. Two families were there with, as um, Thomas said, Ice Spice, which she had on an upside-down cross. I don't understand any of that. But um, 1.8 million. A whole million, other show. Like I, <laughs> a whole other show. If 20 of us had gone, we could have each spent 90000 90, and we could have had ourselves a, um, a skybox, Brittany. Whew. Jeez. Uh, Jeez. <laughs> yeah, I, I'll, I'll wait till that's free from, somehow. Um, yeah, yeah press like credi- that sounds like press credentials next year. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Um, New Orleans. I'm going to shout out. I'm going to shout out someone. Y'all might not like the person that I'm going to shout out or what I'm going to have to say because you're a Cowboys fans. But I'm going to shout out Jason Kelsey's wife because 
Jason Kelsey came in all Chiefs gear to support his brother Travis Kelsey, which we love to see. But his wife refuses to wear any other NFL team besides the Philadelphia Eagles. So I just want to shout her out because she had been she would have been okay if she decided to wear some Chiefs gear, but she said no. Jason Kelsey and Travis Kelsey both confirmed she will not wear any other <laughs> gear outside of the Philadelphia Eagles. And, boy, I guarantee you she'll never have to pay for another piece of food or drink in this city again just because of that. I respect that. That's, that's the team that pays her husband. That yeah. That's true. <laughs> but so, he, is, he is retired. He's retired. So not, he wanted to show yeah. some love. He, he didn't officially have, have, have his thing yet. He hasn't. No, um, he he he's still yeah. thinking about it, and a lot of times when he starts to think about it, he might end up coming back, which I hope. Well, well so, so that's even a, though that's, that's he a whole other show, his game, o- his play overall, doesn't look good right he, now. You you'll still take him back. Is that what you're saying? What you say? What you say? Even though he wore the chief, the, the the Kansas City Chief overalls and all the colors, you'll take him back. Well, first of he did that the first Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl. When they first won it, I think, I think oh, it was the first time against the 49ers. Um, mm-hmm. So he wore it that time, too, plus this time. The only time he didn't wear it to support his brother, it was only to support his brother, was, of course, last year when we played him. So, but, yeah, yeah. of course I'll take him back. As long as he's not in Cowboys gear. <laughs> but he know not to do that. <laughs> Oh, boy. You can't cross the line. That's crossing the line right there, right? Yeah, that's that's crossing the line. It's, you can't, you can't do that. It's funny how it's funny how Cowboys fans don't talk about the Eagles as a rival, but but you guys hate on the Cowboys. I I don't I don't get it. That's, First of all, that's, that's a mystery to me. That is not true. Y'all we y'all talk about us. No, we so, no, no. Yes, no, yes, we do. We talk about ourselves. You might we don't not talk about do it anyone else. You might not do it, oh, boy. but there's Cowboys fans that do it. No, uh, trust me, I know. No, 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 no. And I'm a no. I'm an Eagles fan, so we hear it 24 uh, seven. We got these five Super Bowl rings. Remember, yeah, the dust that's that's along with it. Got that too. So, like, we, we hear it. So we, we got them the same time the Forty ers got theirs during the Gold Rush. Like, you know. <laughs> okay, all right, but, be, but before. 2017. Name the team in the history, and I'm and I'm older than you, so I remember the Cow. Mm-hmm. I remember the Eagles of the 70s and the 80s and the 90s and the 2000s, and now mm-hmm. we're into the 20s. Where was where was the tradition in Philadelphia? Philadelphia was just known for having the nastiest fans. That's it. They weren't known for winning <laughs> anything. I'm, anything. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Does that going to uh, – uh, uh, so, are you trying to persuade so, me from going so against my team? About, so I'm we're, talking about our five, we're talking about our five, <laughs> our five rings. That's called tradition. Tradition. Like the Patriots. They right. have a new tradition of winning. The Buccaneers no, no, have no, a new tradition no, of no, winning. No, tradition me, is something that has – Give me two Super Bowl wins or more. Give me two Super Bowl um, wins or more. Get to then Mike come back now. and see me. <laughs> Mute my mic. Oh, I'm gonna still on, be talking. And then when oh, I'm oh, coming, oh, oh, come oh, back oh, to me. I'm gonna oh, still oh, be talking. Tommy. So now we talk about a whole. You're talking show. about tradition. <laughs> tradition is that something is that happens annually. 
The last time no, y'all no, no, won no, no, no. was before I was born. So why you still so you talking move the about this? Post. You just moved the goalposts. Tradition is 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 a, is a, is the past. Like um, oh, it's a, 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 when you say tradition, when we say tradition of ex, of excellence. You know, they're talking. They're, they're not talking about. They're not talking about right there in the moment. They're talking about. The, with the, with, with an institution, a team, a restaurant, what they've done in the past. All right, we got to move on from this. We got to move on from this. I can't keep going back and forth with you from historic you stuff. When you Ronald Reagan was you, in office, you, you, yeah. you can't move the goalposts to fit to fit your narrative. No, you cannot. It's funny move, how you a Cowboys fan. We are twenty twenty four. You still talk about something that happened always, in nineteen ninety four. Always the Cowboys okay. fan. Always well, the Cowboys I'm, fan. And I'm always. happy guys. for you. Two thousand seventeen. I am happy for you. thing to me. It's the I am, past. Okay. All right. I it's am happy past. for you. I can clearly Thank see you. this is impacting Thank you. you. So much. Thank you. But we gotta move that. on. All right, guys. I can't keep talking about the the old ways all the way back when Ronald oh, Reagan was in office. Yes. All right. I wasn't alive, so I can't talk. I can't talk. I wasn't okay, guys. Alive, let's take a break. Right? Let's take a break and and, and come back and, and reset here and talk about the halftime show. Okay. All right. Yeah, never had it so good, Brittany. Yes. Yeah, go ahead. You yeah. want me to go? Or we want to go. Do it. Yeah. No, you go. All right, so, yeah, because we still got to come and talk about Steve Wilkes and all that. But you guys are listening, yeah. too. She knows sports with myself, Brittany Jones, and Princess Cooper, and our special guest, Thomas Epps, on Never, <laughs> on Never Had It So Good Sports Radio. We'll be right back. CampLyman.com is an opportunity for my big boys to come get some work. Let's put it all together. We built from the ground up. You know, our cliche is it all starts up front. Once again, start, stance, hand placement, hand separation, get-offs, counter moves, a little bit of everything. Polish up those skills before your middle school or high school season began. Just come work on your craft. Once again, CampLyman.com. You're inside. Never had it so good sports radio. Join us live weekdays at 7 p.m. and on-site at Hills Barbershop on Fridays at 5 p.m., we make it easy to talk sports. Welcome back. Welcome back to She Knows Sports uh, on Never Had It So Good Sports Radio. I am your host, Brittany Jones, here with my co-host, Ms. Princess Cooper, and also our guest. Um, so prior to the break, Y'all heard all that nonsense about the Cowboys' <laughs> old dusty trophies that don't matter anymore. Don't matter. 2024, <laughs> and they still only won two playoff games since then. But now Absolutely. we got to get back into what we were supposed to uh, discuss. Um, and I want to talk about the 49ers after the Super Bowl loss, I guess you can say, which is, as we all know, it's very difficult to get to a Super Bowl. Um they decided, Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers decided to let go of their defensive coordinator, Steve Wilkes, which actually surprised a lot of people. Um, I think a lot of people are still shocked. Um, but I just want to get your thoughts on this. Princess, I'm going to come to you first on this. You know what, Brittany, I wasn't shocked. I, I don't think it came down to the Super Bowl, um, although I thought he performed well as far as I'm concerned. Um, but I, I thought that they had issues throughout the season. 
that they were not pleased with Steve Wilkes. Um, I also thought they showed some of that in the Super Bowl. He didn't, um, Shanahan didn't like a coverage. He called a timeout and, and questioned Steve Wilkes on it, and, and, and they made some adjustments. But I, I thought I saw this coming. Um, they were not pleased with him throughout the year, and I would heard Kevin say it a couple of times, you know, let's let him go. But the issue I have is that um, D'Amico Ryan's defense last year allowed 18.5 points a game, and a Steve Wilkes um, allowed 17 points something. So um, if you look at just the numbers, they had the third best defense, scoring defense in, in the league this year. So it had to have come down to a differences of, of opinion, um, chemistry, or some calling the plays that they didn't particularly care for. But the marriage didn't work. And I, I thought Shanahan wanted to go ahead and, 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 and make a change. But I don't want to give him, Shanahan, um, too much grief like, okay, he's making him the scapegoat when he didn't know the, the the overtime rules or he made a bad call and decided to go first and not second. I, I don't want to lay that all that on there. I saw this coming. Now, if they had won the Super Bowl, I'd venture to say that they still would have done the same thing. I think they would have parted ways with him um, because it, the, the relationship did not work all year. And I think maybe Steve Wilkes, who deserves to be a head coach, should have been the head coach with the Panthers. Um, Maybe he didn't take a back seat, but there was something wrong with that chemistry. That's where I'm at on that. I'm I'm not going to put this on. Oh, whoa! They they got rid of another African American coach. I just think this this just just didn't work. And no matter what the results were in the Super Bowl, I think this was going to happen. Thomas, what are your thoughts pertaining to the Steve Wilkes situation? Um, I agree with some of what Princess has said. Um, you know, Steve Wilkes' defense in the last in the last ten years um, was he his defense allowed uh, allowed you know it was holding teams you know to a ten to a ten year low. Um, he was tied for the most sacks in ten years. It's just being there for one year. He was he was total in in yards in yards allowed. Um, so his defense was ranked higher. Than Robert Silas and D'Amico Ryan's defenses. So when you're looking at when you're looking at everything, you know I think it did come down to chemistry. I know that Kyle Shanahan made a decision um, midway through the season to move Steve move Steve Wolf out of the box and down on the sidelines, and Steve Wolf is comfortable with being up in the box, you know, looking down. Um, some of the players felt disconnected from him. So I think it was just a contrast, you know, in styles. Um, you know, Steve Wilkes is older, but sometimes there could have been um, a clash with some type of style. You know, Steve Wilkes is very, was very old school, but he was not the reason that that team lost. You know, Steve Wilkes is not calling the special teams. He's not calling the offense. He's not the decision maker for what we're going to do in in over in overtime, so I do think that it's a it's a scapegoat situation to take the pressure off of a coach that's um, going fifty two and forty six two Super Bowls that that they could have won with bad um, you know bad play calling and and you gotta go back to the Atlanta Super Bowl. Whose fault was that that you lost a twenty nine point lead? 
So I think Shanahan coming into next season is going to have no one else to blame. He's definitely um, – him and Lynch are definitely on the, on the hot seat. Yeah, um, I was surprised at Steve Wilkes, you know, because things may have not gone perfect, um, but there has, you know, I just think it's, it's, it's one year, you know, it's really right. one year, and I feel like Steve Wilkes keep getting the short end of the stick um, almost every place that he has gone. He's a good coach, and I think he made sacrifices coming into the 49ers, you know. He didn't fully implement his defense. He said, I do want to keep a lot of things that they did last year. Um, and I think within that, he had to learn as well. So I thought maybe they would use this year to really allow him to learn um, similar concepts that they utilized last year defensively, um, maybe try to implement his own concepts, um, but just try to understand the strength of this defense. And through every single season, you're going to struggle in doing that. Again, it's his first year. I felt like they would have gave him at least one more year, then maybe he would have figured it out um, a lot better. Maybe things would be more smooth, smoother. Um, that chemistry will build a lot more. You know, just like if you have a new team with new players, uh, it, it's going to take a little bit of time. I mean, they did get you to um, – they did get you – he did help to get you to the Super Bowl. So – and he played – to me, the defense was the best part in the Super Bowl. The offense did not play up to par whatsoever. And I do see it, you know, like you times, I do see it as a scape, scapegoat situation. I felt like Kyle Shanahan, and he keeps doing this, needs to take be more accountable in these, these particular situations. Like you said, this is his third Super Bowl, too, as a head coach, that you lost after leading at least 10 points or more. Um, you know, you probably should have lost the previous two, but the inexperience of the Lions and the Packers is probably the reason why they lost those games, especially right. on the coaching staff, um, especially in that Lions game. If Dan Campbell just kicks those two field goals instead of trying to go for it on fourth and one, we're talking about a completely different Super Bowl at this point. It'll be the Chiefs versus – the uh, the Lions instead of the Chiefs versus the 49ers. So what is it about Kyle Shanahan, who is explosive as I don't know what in the regular season when it comes to his offense, but during the playoffs they struggle a lot more, you know? So, But the good thing is they did get to the Super Bowl. But as you can see, once again, you had opportunities in the Super Bowl to win this game, but it felt like you just put it back all on Steve Brooks. And to me, that's not where they lost. So... I really hope Steve Wilkes get the opportunity to me that he truly deserves because um, I do think he's a good coach. And we'll see what the 49ers do defensively. Hopefully Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch will find a defensive coordinator that they feel will help keep this defense at the top level. But me personally, I would at least have on the Steve Wilkes one more year to see if we can figure this out communicate a little bit more in the off season and, you know, so he can learn what he feels. Um, I'm sorry, he can learn the 49ers way of doing things defensively. But, you know, that's just my thoughts on the situation. You know, if thinking about it now, the timing is bad because a lot of the coordinator jobs are already filled. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we might see Steve Wolf next year, you know, as a broadcaster. 
unless someone brings them in as some type as some type of analyst, you know, for one year to help out on the defensive side of the ball. So, so he has value. So I'm just waiting to see what the off off season is going to look like for him and what type of opportunity he gets next. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, but it's, it's, it's going to be interesting. So, and it's also the interesting part of will the 49ers promote from within? Um, who's out there for them to go get? Are they going to look at Bill Belichick? Will Bill Belichick be willing to accept that type of position? Will they be looking at a Mike Babel type? I don't know what type of defense that I'm assuming is going to be pretty similar to what they have already, so I don't know if those guys sure. fit. Um, but I don't know how many other options there are out on the D.C. market for them to bring in. So maybe they will be looking to promote within. But I still think getting rid of Steve Wilkes so soon um, is, it was a mistake. That's just me. Yeah. I could be wrong. I know a lot of fans say they're happy he's gone, and then some fans were sad to see that he was gone. But I think he really needs the opportunity that he absolutely and completely deserves. And he shouldn't keep being treated like this because he's a good coach. He's a very good coach. So but yeah. we'll see what happens later down the line with Steve Wilkes. Um, but, guys, I want to get your thoughts on the halftime performance. Usher, my guy. <laughs> um, <laughs> what, yeah, I love Usher since I was about gay high. So um, what was your thoughts on the Usher performance? You know, a lot of the younger people, of course, younger than me, thinks it's one of the greatest performances of all time. I'm not going to go that far because, you know, I've seen Michael Jackson and Prince and all that. Um, but just give me your thoughts real quick on his performance. Uh, Thomas, I'll start with you. Man, I was amazed when he, when he pulled out the roller skates. <laughs> I've, never, I, I've never seen anyone do that. <laughs> you know, and, and, I'm, and I am a prisoner of the moment. Mm-hmm. I, would, I would definitely have to put that performance in my, in my top. Five, because I, I, I mm-hmm. thought that Bruno Mars' performance was the was the best of all time, in my opinion, and with Mike second, Prince third, but this Usher performance it it gave a little everything, and even with the controversy, um, at the you know with with the Alicia Keys segment of of the performance, it's probably the most talked about since um, Janet Jackson's performance. So man, he just he did he did this he did this thing for him to see that. I'm not an Usher fan. I'm just a fan of good inter, of good entertainment, and he did it. He had it all. Yeah, um, he was incredible to me. Um, again, I got Michael Jackson at number one. I don't care what nobody says. It's greatest Super Bowl performance did, ever. Um, who did, it, who did, who, did he perform in the ring, or was that Prince? That was Prince. Prince performing the ring. Okay. Michael Jackson okay. was the one that stood there for about the majority of his yeah. about half the performance, and people was just going crazy. When you do that, yeah, that yeah. means you just win automatically. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. You're right. Right. So I think Usher was incredible. Um, you could tell how large of a catalog he has because he was trying to get hit a lot of his songs, so he only gave you a little bits and pieces pieces of each song. That was probably the most frustrating part part because I love his song so much. Um, and Alicia Keys, my goodness, did she look great in that red outfit? <laughs> I was like, I need to yeah, buy a red outfit like that. I was like, I need I need to get that in my closet. And I have to give a shout out to her 
Um, that performance, when she played that guitar, she showed out with that guitar. I've seen people that said that's not her really playing the guitar. I don't care if it was or not because she knows she instruments. So I'm going to say she really was playing that guitar because it sure enough looked like it. Um, she did her thing with that. I just think it was an incredible performance. Um, and I did see Usher slip on the skates, but he's smooth with it, so he got away with it. So I was happy he recovered so well. But, Princess, your thoughts on the on the Usher halftime performance? I, I thought it was um, a top three for me. And um, I, I would have to put Bruno Mars first, though. I like Bruno Mars and, and um, Beyonce that they came through that one. I'm not much of a, a Prince fan, um, but and I was at that particular Super Bowl that that was in Miami where it rained and rained and rained and rained. Um, um, and, and, and and Michael Jackson, I guess, will be um, in there. So Bruno Mars, um, but I like Usher and, and Michael Jackson. He was a, it was a top three. I completely enjoyed it. I think. John gave it a five or six or seven. I can't remember. I gave it an 11. I thought it was awesome. And I thought Alicia Keys was beautiful. That whole cape that, that was flying in the back and the red piano and their interaction together. And then for him to bring in her and then Lil John and, and Jermaine Dupree with those um, Sunday church socks on that I used to wear at Easter time. I don't understand that at all, but okay. Um, I thought it was an excellent performance. I knew he was going to change. It was the longest halftime show ever. Um, and I thought the, the, the roller skates put it at a different level. I thought he was really good. He's an entertainer. And I wasn't surprised that he was picked since he has been in residence um, in Vegas for quite some time performing. And I, I thought he pulled it off, pulled it off. And you could tell that he wasn't lip syncing. He wasn't lip singing at all. He was dancing and singing, you know, himself. Um, great job for the NFL. Great halftime show. I was pleased with it, and it's one of my top threes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I would like to go to his concert, but he's on that Beyonce type price concert. I'm like, mm mm. I'll, I'll catch it when it comes out on on TV or DVD. I'm like, I'm not paying all that money just to go to a concert. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, I'm excited for him, and I'm excited to see. It's funny how, you know, Super these acts get, you know, for Super Bowl, the point of it is to get more publicity, more endorsement. So, But mm-hmm. I've already been a fan, and I'm just still excited to see what the numbers of his new albums do, and I hope he does well and all the performers that were with him. So, But he definitely And then he went and got married. After yes, he Super did. Bowl, he got married. What a day He cheated on me princess but it's okay I still still love him I'm just kidding (laughs) All right, guys Um, I want to get this final topic in um, Before we end the show Because I know we just have a few minutes left Um, Thomas I don't want to hear your mess no more Okay You can leave them five (laughs) trophies alone They are buried with my ancestors So leave them back there okay Now we're going to talk about the cowboys But don't give me that nonsense All right so, but the Cowboys, as we all know, lost their uh, defensive coordinator in Dan Quinn. And I'm going to defer more to you guys on how you guys feel because you guys are the Cowboys fan. Um, but they recently hired Mike Zimmer, Mike Zimmer as the defensive coordinator, which I know he was a former head coach of the Minnesota Vikings. So I just want to know what your feelings are and do you think he can help uh, this defense be at the level, at one of the top levels, I guess, in the league. 
Uh, uh, Thomas, I'll start with you first. I think it's a, I think it's a, a good hire. Um, the one thing about um, Zimmer, spending the past, um, spending time with Deion Sanders at, um, at Jackson State and coming to and coming to Colorado. Um, what's the what's the word? He's um, with someone. Um, he, he's new now. So he mm-hmm. knows how to relate to to the younger to the younger players. So I don't think there's going to be a disconnect, you know, with him. So I think he's going to step right in and um, and and get that defense to perform at the same level or even or even higher. You know, Dan Campbell, not Dan Campbell, Dan Quinn had his moment where. I don't. I don't think he was calling the right defense. They didn't. They, they didn't look like they were playing all together. They, they didn't look like um, the same unit at the end of the season. At the end of the season, as they did in the beginning of the season, and there were some. There were some stretches where you didn't know what what was going on. Where I even thought that he was that he was going to get fired. I mean, there was a lot of there was a lot of talk that Jerry Jones, you know, wasn't wasn't pleased what was going on with the defense, which was supposed to be coming to the season the best part of the Cowboys. And and, he, and I don't feel that he used Michael Parsons right towards the end mm-hmm. of the season. So I'm happy I'm I, I I'm excited to see what um what Zimmer can do um with with this with the staff and see how him and McCarthy how how they mesh. Um so uh, Princess, what are your thoughts on that? Because I could be happier right now for, for the opportunity he has. You know, um, I like Dan Quinn, but I thought it was the most inconsistent defense I've seen in quite some time. You know, you, you come out and the, you launch the season, and I don't think the Giants scored a touchdown. Maybe they scored three points, it was, you know. So they looked like they were dominating. But, again, it was the Giants. And then they go through the season and they have flashes of goodness. But I thought the 27 nothing you know, to the Packers really said, okay, um, it's time to move on. And I thought no matter what had happened, he was ready to move on and become a head coach, and that market out there was for him. And he he actually exercised that. Um, Mike Zimmer, um, I, I don't have anything against him, you know, at, at all. I, I hope that it works. I think he's had time, like you said, to connect um, with younger people, being at, at Jackson State and then being around – um, Colorado and being a part of um, the solution there. So let's see what he does. I did not want Rex Ryan. So um, Mike yeah. Zimmer is, you know, um, the consolation prize. I'm okay with that. I like to see Steve Wilkes get on the staff. I really like Steve Wilkes. I got a chance to really know him while he was with the Carolina Panthers and watch him once he became the interim coach. Um, and, and I thought he made a lot of good moves and had a lot of success. I'm surprised that the Panthers went away from him. So, but um, I, I, he's available. Let's see what happens. But I'm okay with the Mike Zimmer hire. Overall, Brittany, I'm not okay with the entire staff, you know. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I have to kind of, you know, re- be reserved. <laughs> exactly. And I've said that to you over and over on this show. Mm-hmm. You know, give me anybody. As a matter of fact, I even thought, okay, Mike Zimmer is is there. Is he going to ease into, you know, the head coach next year? I would rather him than Mike McCarthy. That's how much I think of them. Um, But I'm disappointed (laughs) in the season 
of the Cowboys. I'm really disappointed. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't have five. You can't have 12 wins in a season and win a division and then show up like you did at home against the Packers. I'm disappointed in in, in all of them. Um, and I, I thought they should have cleaned house. So if if I get to say that, I'm okay with Mike Zimmer for this point. All, all of it I feel is a band aid. Yeah, I, I will. I would like to see. Mostly, I want to see Michael Parsons take that next step as well, because um, I do feel like games. There were games where he kind of disappeared, and that could have been on behalf of Dan Quinn or not putting him in a position to succeed. Um, I, I think Michael Parsons is kind of turning into a pure pass rusher, in my opinion. Um, I know mm-hmm. a few times they may have dropped him into coverage. He's not the best against the run, um, but that. That shouldn't still yeah. be an issue. You should have enough horses back there. You pay. You could pay everybody. You might as well go out and find someone um, who's good at against the run and plug them in. And not that young rookie. I think his name is Mozzie, Mozzie Smith. I think it's his name. Uh, he just didn't look great his first year, but it's only one year, you know. So it's hard to really depend on a first year rookie to plug, you know, to plug and play in that position particular role as a pure run defender like that's that's a tough spot to put him in so I think hopefully Mike Zimmer will help in that situation I know uh Diggs Trayvon Diggs should be coming back mm-hmm. um I yeah. think you guys have to pay the other young Devon Bland I think he is this contract up his contract may be up I'm not sure or he may have one more year left so you guys have him um yeah so hopefully Mike Zimmer will will hopefully or not hopefully but hopefully for the sake of your team that he really helped take this defense to the next level because they did struggle in a few areas where you think they have all these names and it just feels like you shouldn't be struggling in this particular area as much. But I think most importantly for you guys is that Prescott. That Prescott, he has to show up and show out when it comes to playoff time. Like we've seen this too many times with the Cowboys and it started with Tony Romo. So it's like when is this going to be over? You have to get a quarterback who's going to be like, you know what, it's game time, the lights are on, and I'm ready to perform. So I just think when the lights yeah. are on, that Prescott kind of shies away just a little bit. you got to turn it, turn you know, it on. If, it's time to turn it on. If I'm not mistaken. Go ahead, Thomas. I'll go last. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I was just I was just going to say the thing that was the Achilles heel for Dallas on the offense, even though Dak had his best year, I think he's at yeah. his best when you see more RPOs. He needs mm. someone. He needs a young Zeke. And I was just jotting a name down that would be perfect for the Cowboys and Marshawn Lloyd from you from USC. I'm a Delaware native. Would would be perfect for that for what the Cowboys wants to do. He's great with picking up blitzes. He's great in the running game. You know, he's what you call a three down back. And mm-hmm. they don't they don't have they don't have that right now. So against the Packers they they couldn't they couldn't run the ball against the lots they could when they played the forty nineers early they couldn't run the ball, um, so Pollard is not a every 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 down type of back so I think once they solidified that they didn't pick up um, Jamar Gibbs he, he fell right into the Cowboys lap and Jerry Jones passed on him so I would like I would like to see that going into the offseason um, addressing that tailback spot yeah. Um, I, I just think they need to draft well. They need defensive help, but they also need a running back. So I want to see them draft well. But none of that will 
um, none of that. I think you're right, Brittany. Dak Prescott needs to take the next step. Um, you can't just perform well and and be at the top of your game in the regular season, and then the playoffs look like junk. And I thought they looked like junk. Absolutely. Um, so for his career, I wish him the best, and I hope he gets better. But as a rival, you could stink all yeah. day long. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but, Princess, that's the end of my segment. I'm going to throw it over to you so you can take us on out. All right. So tonight, Caitlin Clark is, is going to be on deck to see if she can um, break the record uh, for most um, points scored by women's basketball um, in, in college. So that's on deck. And then um, LeBron James is 132 points away from being the only player in the NBA to score 40,000. We didn't even talk about that, Brittany and Thomas, and that is some of the trades and the fact that the Warriors oh, yeah. um, made a proposal. We'll maybe have to get into some of that tomorrow night, Thomas, with you. Um, uh, tomorrow night at 6 p.m., I'll be with Thomas across Crossroad where life and sports intersect. Um, Brittany, I thank you for a great show. You all had a pretty good debate there. Thank you, Kevin Walker, for listening in. We appreciate you. You guys have a great night. We'll see you tomorrow night at 6 p.m. And then 7 p.m. on Sunday, um, we know track and field with Gerald Richardson and Fred Rucker. we got a great show, and we have a lot of things going on. Jeff Jay is going to be starting on Sundays, too, a new show coming on. Um, Regina Johnson will be with us. So we got a lot of good things coming on. And then we'll get ready for the NFL agent. I'll be doing a show with him, Everett. Um, so we, it's a lot of great things coming on um, up for the network for sure. Everybody have a great week. Brittany, thank you so much. I'll see you next Thursday. Thomas, I'll see you tomorrow, okay? Okay. Yes, have a good weekend. Watch the All-Star. Have a good one. Yeah, happy uh, weekend eve. That's where we're getting ready to start. It never had it so good. We'll see you then.